When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. You're listening to a Score North podcast right now, and if you're a business owner, so are your customers. In fact, I could be talking about your business right now, telling the tens of thousands of loyal fans about you and sending them to your business. Find out how you can partner with your favorite Score North podcast. Visit scorenorth.com now and enter keyword partner. Fill out the form, and we'll get in touch with you quickly. Once Phil, Judd, Declan, or others start talking about your company, you'll be amazed at how many fans start showing up. So visit scorenorth.com now and enter keyword partner. No, non-stop Vikings talk. It's Purple Daily on Score North and scorenorth.com. Let me talk to you. Boy. All right, we slept on it. Who feels who feels better after sleeping on that Viking? Who who has rationalized and, and justified? Nobody. No, I feel I actually w- was driving home after we got done with the show last night. I felt worse. <laughs> just I was driving home. I was just sh- I was dri- I was turn this bus you- around. Damn, what were you doing? Kids. Two rushing attempts for death. What were you doing? Thank God it was the sane lane, so I could swerve. All- sane all lane. No one was in it because I was sane <laughs> in the sane lane. But my God, no, I don't feel better at all. To be honest. Speaking of driving after Vikings games, I did see our, our friend and colleague Patrick Royce with a very uh, appropriate tweet. You got a bye week coming up here. Maybe take the keys from Jordan Addison. Okay, just, you know, maybe just maybe just Uber if you're Jordan Addison. You know, don't need to be going 160 miles an hour on 394. Just, just, just lay low the next couple of weeks. How many people in their late 70s are as good on X or Twitter as Patrick? Uh, I think he's uh, he's made a living trolling people in all forms of media, and so he's just sort of carried that over into, into the modern age. Yeah, it's just incredible. And the thing is, on uh, on Twitter, you have to be concise, and he's concise. Uh, I mean, you don't have to be as concise anymore. No, but especially I'm just if, saying... you, if you pay for the check mark, you can write as much as you want now too. It's great. Yeah, you know what? I don't like that. And you get paid for engagement. You know? Oh, you, do you, you really? You rack, you rack up the engagement, and they'll. Where, you know, where's my check? I think I got five dollars last month for uh, engaging tweets, ripping Kirk Cousins. I think that's what it's my new job. I want my money, Elon. <laughs> Give me back my money. Well, we're going to dive into this debacle that happened last night at U.S. Bank Stadium. Um, Vikings are back to five hundred. We got our hottest Vikings takes. We got Chef Mackey here with a pie chart of blame. We will try to come up with some silver linings if we can. But uh, before we do all that, let's shout out our friends, our friends over. You know what, Judd? Let's talk about Surly, actually, because oh, yeah. I feel like today is a good day to just take a deep breath and crack open a can of before I die, because <sighs> you might need a sip of something like that today. Maybe something stronger. I don't know. Surly makes something stronger, but figure it out. I, I got a great note from a guy last night, and I think 
it might have gone to you guys as well, who said, I had my Justin Jefferson jersey on and I drank eight before I died during the game. What more can I do? And I said, nothing. I said, nothing. Your game plan was perfect. Now, eight might be excessive, but you know what? I'm guessing or I'm hoping that this person was not driving and just enjoying a fantastic beer, a session beer. So, yes, it's the perfect beer to pair with a football game. And last night's game, you know, the the old saying, drive you to drink. Well, that game might have done that. But, yes, Surly Brewing has a variety of fantastic beers. Before I Die, Surly Furious, Logic Bomb, I could go Mosh Pit, I could go down a long list. Um, But Before I Die does speak to what our goal ordinarily is, which is before we die, we want to see the Vikings win a Super Bowl and hope to God they don't play a game like they did again last night. But check them out, Surly Brewing. And when you do, of course... Show us your cans on X. We want to see them at Jay Zolgad at Score North. Always love to see what you are enjoying. And a shout out to our friends at Federated Mutual Insurance Company. <clears throat> Excuse me. Uh, it's like having a great offensive line for your business. I don't know. I, I the offensive line wasn't all that great last night, so I don't. I don't think. I don't think that was a Federated caliber offensive line for the Vikings in that one. Uh, but if you're a business owner, and if you're a next generation business owner, if you're maybe taking over a family company. Federated is here with over 100 years of experience helping business owners maximize their success through risk management. You can find out more at federatedinsurance.com where it's our business to protect yours. Okay, hottest Vikings takes. Does anyone... I'm I'm very high on mine, but well, Dex, you, is raising, Dex is raising his I started hand last here. time. No, Dex. Go ahead. I'll go. Go ahead. I'll gladly go. Okay. I'll, I'll kick things off. Let no me problem. talk to you. All right. My hottest take here. Kevin O'Connell failed Josh Dobbs, and he's failing the 2023 Minnesota Vikings. Wow. That is my hottest take after this debacle in Chicago. Okay. KOC treated Dobbs yesterday like he was Kirk Cousins. It's like kind of like when uh, I'm not a parent that I know of. I'm not a parent. But when you're potty training a toddler who is, you know, prone to accidents... So maybe you put on the big boy underwear and they put on that big boy underwear of Dobbs, but now he's still crapping himself in the house and they're really confused why he's crapping himself all over the place. Well, he needs big boy. He needs a little, he needs a pull up. He's not ready to have the whole big boy underwear on yet. You got to put him in an environment and in a situation that isn't going to have him have crap all over the place. So you're not stepping in it when you're at home against the Chicago Bears. 32 dropbacks yesterday, just two rushing attempts, four interceptions. Poorly designed plays on third and fourth down. And the decision to put the team in awful field position that forced a punt that ended up you uh, losing the game. The Vikings this season are still 21st in red zone efficiency behind teams like Carolina, Atlanta, and New England. They're 20th in time of possession. And people keep saying, why isn't Kevin O'Connell in the same conversation as some of these great coaches? Why isn't he getting more coach of the year consideration and he does deserve obviously some slice of praise for doing what he's been able to do this year with a lot of injuries but Kyle Shanahan plugged in Mr. Irrelevant Mike McDaniel unlocked two and everyone was ready to label him a bus Sean McVay took Jared Goff to a Super Bowl Andy Reid is calling fourth down plays with Chad Henney in playoff games and getting first downs I'm not out on KOC I'm not but let's not act like he's being disrespected either. He's a good coach who has yet to show that he is great. And when you score one touchdown at home against the Chicago Bears, it's going to be tough to put Kevin O'Connell in the same conversation and pedestal as some of the best head coaches in the NFL. So Kevin O'Connell, 
failed Josh Dobbs, and he's failing the 2023 Vikings. That wow. is my hottest take. John, how do you how do you feel about the leadoff hot take there? He definitely failed Josh Dobbs. There's no question about it. Um, I, I think there's a case to be made that O'Connell, if, if you were well, and you're going to the little pie chart to blame, I think O'Connell might deserve a bigger slice than Dobbs. He failed him last night, no question about it. Um, there have definitely been times that he has uh, he has failed the Vikings in 2023. He's also coached some good games, but um, I like the sentiment of that a lot because I am that was one of my sticking points. I, I definitely think that the last two games. O'Connell has a lot of things to answer for as far as play calling and as far as what he's done. Yeah, I, w- I would say, okay, the first part of the take being that he failed Josh Dobbs, totally agree. We, we will talk more about that in the pie chart. At least I will talk more about that in the pie chart. To say that Kevin O'Connell has failed the 2023 Minnesota Vikings is where I draw a line. This team is without, I mean, they're literally working with the fourth quarterback on the, like, now, if you could go back, I think Jaron Jaron Hall probably would have continued to play if he hadn't gotten hurt. So, but they bring in Josh Dobbs off the street. Justin Jefferson's been hurt. They've got, you know, Dalton Reisner coming in middle of the season to to be one of your five offensive starters when Ezra Cleveland goes down. So, I have a hard time sitting here saying that a six and six Vikings team is being failed by Kevin O'Connell. But I do agree that it was not a good game plan for Josh Dobbs last night. He has gotten progressively worse. In fact, can I just, let me jump in here with my take. Okay. Yeah. Because it kind of, it's like the yin to Declan's yang here a little bit. Nice job, Declan. Thank you. On the hot take. Um, I would say, uh, you know, by the way, I heard from our guy Ross Brendel here that uh, clearance sale on the Pastronaut, let me find this. Cyber Monday clearance extended. Clearance sale on the Pastronaut hooded sweatshirts at scornart.com slash shop. 30% off with the promo code Dobbs. That's that's <laughs> Dobbs, D-O-B-B-S. 30% off clearance by, sale by on tomorrow, the Purple Daily we'll Pastronaut We'll pay you to shirt. take them. By tomorrow, it's like, and we'll Judd give you will a, make hand deliveries. Now. Here you go. Yeah, $30. Here's $30 with that. Scorenorth.com slash shop. So the Pastronaut thing was super fun for a couple weeks. We're always going to have the Atlanta game you know, where he comes in. He, he takes a safety, fumbles, like turns the ball, interception, and then runs for his life, and they come back and win that game. We're always going to have that, the Saints game. But this thing has deteriorated. So It's literally like chunk by chunk, game by game. He has gone from being, holy cow, could this dude potentially be the heir apparent to Kirk Cousins to what my hot take is, which is I would rather start Kirk Cousins in a walking boot after the bye week than see another start from Josh Dobbs. I'm good on the Pastronaut era after these last couple games. So I was trying to put into context how bad that performance was last night. Like my first conscious Vikings memories date back to the early 1990s when the Vikings had a carousel of like Rich Gannon and Sean Salisbury and Jim McMahon was here for five minutes and then they were at Warren Moon like they just had all these quarterbacks mostly competent there were some clunker games in there uh, early early 2000s you had like a Spurgeon win game you had the Josh Freeman Monday night football game 10 years ago where he came in and threw like 45 passes all in the second deck of uh, the old giant stadium you got the uh, Tavares Jackson Thursday night game against the Packers in 2006. That was embarrassing. This is right up there. And I did some digging on this on stathead.com. 
So here's a list of Vikings quarterbacks since 1990. I, I just went back like my conscious Vikings memory started in the early 90s. So since 1990 to throw four interceptions in a game with a passer rating of 55 or worse. Here's the list. Josh Dobbs last night. Matt Castle on September 14th, 2014, mm-hmm. week two. Tavares Jackson in a different game. This would have been 2007, September 16th. So either the first or second game of the year. And then he got benched for for your guy, uh, Gus Ferrat. Mm-hmm. Brad Johnson in 2006. Dante Culpepper twice. And then Rich Gannon in 1990. That's the list of Vikings quarterbacks in the last three and a half decades that have thrown four picks in a game with a 55 passer rating or worse. I'm... I don't know how much more at this point we need to see. Josh Dobbs, as much fun as it was for a while, he now leads the NFL in turnover-worthy plays. He has fewer big-time throws, which is sort of a subjective stat by pro football focus. Fewer big-time throws than Mac Jones and Kenny Pickett. So it was fun. But I legitimately, like if you said, hey, Kirk Cousins in a walking boot against the Raiders or Josh Dobbs, it would make me think very, very hard the next couple weeks. Okay, how about in a walking boot in a wheelchair? Get that running That's game. That's right, running start back. Jaren Hall. That's right, that start Jaren Hall. The running back has, has okay. to take has push, to push. pull him back to go back to pass. Okay, here's the list of all the quarterbacks yeah, potentially bite. available. Give me number one. Give me Kirk Cousins in a walking boot. Number two, give me Kevin O'Connell dusting off the arm for the first time. Mm. Number three, give me Jaron Hall. Number four, Nick Mullins. And number five, give me Josh Dobbs. He's fifth on that list. I'd start Kevin O'Connell before I would start Josh Dobbs against the Raiders. Hmm. I can't really debate you too strong on that, (laughs) which is very, very scary. All right, I'm going to delve uh, a little bit more into what Phil just talked about here, but I'm going to I'm going to do a historical, more so, hottest Vikings take. And my take is this: this is the worst start by a Vikings quarterback in prime time in franchise history. Oh, well, wow. and that includes the Freeman game, and here's why: because the Freeman game is is I I feel like the the Thursday at Tavares Jackson game at Green Bay it's a little bit unfair because if you guys recall. That was his first start, and it was awful. It was brutal, but it was his first start. He hadn't started before. He had never started a game in the league. But the Holy Grail is the Josh Freeman game, okay? That night, he was 20 of 53 for 190 yards. Oof. No touchdowns, a 40.6 rating, and a pick. Keep that in mind, okay? Josh Dobbs last night, 22 of 32, 185 yards. A touchdown, his rating was 54.3, but he threw four picks. I would argue Josh Freeman, first of all, was thrown in there haphazardly to start a game. Dobbs was starting his third game and has now played in basically four complete games. Mm -hmm. And the most important stat to me and why last night surpasses the Freeman game is the picks. So, yes, Freeman had 33 incompletions, but he threw one pick. Josh Dobbs had 10 incompletions, but he threw four picks, which actively, and and that 2013 game, that team was a struggle bus. They lost 23-7, to and Freeman played a role. 
But Josh Dobbs sabotaged the Vikings' chance to win against a terrible Bears team in a 12-10 loss in which the Bears tried to give you the game. And again, turned over the ball. And we know he, and he knows, we know, O'Connell knows, he has turnover problems four times. I think this is the worst primetime start, certainly that I've seen, but I would argue it's the worst primetime start in Vikings history. That's hot. That's hot. Is it? It's hard to debate that, like, without diving into all the, the research. So I'll, I'll take your word on it. I mean, the fact that Josh, I mean, Josh Freeman, if I remember that game correctly, he overthrew, of those 52 passes, he overthrew about 48 of them, I feel like, into the first row of the crowd. So yeah, he, he was, was he wasn't he wasn't threading a needle and trying to the Dobbs interceptions. One of them was on Addison for sure. Mm-hmm. The other four, he's trying to make a tight window throw, or you know he's he's a step or two behind the receiver, and they're just terrible throws in traffic. I feel like Freeman was just throwing the ball ten yards over everyone's head, so he didn't Which have was a, safer. But I, yeah, I guess I'd rather have that than the four I, turnovers. That's, that's right? my point. Yeah, that's my point. And and that Giants team was not nearly as pathetic as this Bears team. Like, this is the thing is, we saw a game last night in which the team that won was trying to give the game away the entire time and is not any good. Defensively, they're okay. Offensively, though, Justin Fields and that that offense. I mean, Kevin O'Connell, it bit him in the ass, but Kevin O'Connell went for it on fourth and seven. And Dobbs threw a yard short of six, unfortunately, he because he didn't think the Bears could move down the field. That was literally his thing. Well, was I think my defense can stop him? They got a field goal out. Of even that. worse, he, I, I mean, he technically he threw a yard short of the sticks, but the route was a yard short of the sticks. But also, if he puts that ball out front where it's supposed correct. to be, that's a first, first down. down. Mm-hmm. That's correct. Uh, exactly. You know, I mean, you know, that's that's where like Kirk Cousins clearly puts that ball in the right spot, and it's a tough tackle for the defender. The concept of the concept of the route was not short, like his body was, his feet were. But to your point, yes, if he puts that ball as that route is designed, it's a first down. This is Tom Bernard. Can't get enough of sports talk with Phil Mackey and Judd Zolgad. Tune in to the new Tom Bernard Show podcast Monday through Friday as Phil and Judd join me to discuss the latest sports headlines and whatever else comes to mind. Just download the Tom Bernard Show app wherever you get your podcasts or visit TomBernardShow.com. It's another way to get more from me and Judd talking sports and having fun with Tom, and it's all at your fingertips. Download the Tom Bernard Show app now and join the conversation. Is it just, it sounds like we're all kind of, I mean, Declan came in more on, you know, getting on KOC here. Judd and I have focused on the the quarterback's future performance and all of it. There's a, a stew where all of it kind of mixes together. Is it too reactionary to sit here today and say, Josh Dobbs should not be the quarterback after the bye week. Is that too? Is that reacting too much to what we saw last night? No, because of the fact the the ball security thing. To me, I, I mean O'Connell was O'Connell is a player friendly coach, right? And he goes out of his way to praise his players and defend him, and that's his job. But I think the fact that he didn't give Dobbs any type of a vote of confidence last night and admitted that they thought about putting Mullins in the game? No. I think yeah. we all see this the same exact way. And when you can't protect the ball and and look at Dobbs is Dobbs is now uh between the eight starts with the Cardinals and the starts here. He's now at 10 picks and look at the fumbles. The fumbles. He has he has lost like 7 and I think he's fumbled 14 times. <sighs> no. 
I think when you don't have ball security times in four games, I think he's from no, no, in um, on the season. in twelve in in twelve games. Got it. Okay, okay. It's but like, I think whoa. he's he's lost seven of the fourteen. My point being is, I don't think it's reactionary to say that you can't start a player when when you are still like it or not in a playoff race and in a playoff position. You can't start him. I don't think there's any way. Yeah, it's a it's an interesting path forward here. Now, you know, I think just just to, we'll get to the pie chart here in a second. Just to put a little bit more of a, because I feel like we're kind of burying Dobbs because he was he was it was bad it was bad, but he's being put in such a crazy situation. I mean, he's literally coming in. It's a playoff run. Nobody at the beginning of the season expected Josh Dobbs to be their starting quarterback. I mean, like the Cardinals didn't even plan for that. They didn't they pluck him off waivers in the preseason period from the Browns. So it's not like any of the 32 teams came in here saying, we are going to count on Josh Dobbs to lead us to a playoff run, let alone a team that just picks him up out of desperation in the middle of a season and is trying to translate plays in his headset, right? So I feel like if this is the end of the Pastronaut run, I feel like it should be re- uh, it should be viewed less as like big failure on a Monday night. Like the Josh Freeman thing was an embarrassment because that was his only game. I think we should remember the Pastronaut for everything he gave us in that Falcons game and kind of in the Saints game. You know, like think about, I'm trying to think historically, like other where a goalie comes in from the stands in the NHL and holds, you know, like where they, they got the emergency goalie who played so, D3 goalie. So Josh you know. Dobbs now goes back to work yeah. at, at Nassau? Yeah, he, yes, he should, be re, he should be revered, I think, in Vikings history as a fun and a successful figure for those first couple of games against the Falcons and the Saints. I just want to know what the game plan was last night. I, I want to know about, to, to Dex's point, 32 dropbacks, two runs. Like, like that's, where, that's where I will defend Dobbs. I mean, yes, it was an awful start, and throwing picks is on him. But what O'Connell, what O'Connell was thinking these past two games, and, and did, did O'Connell get scared after the uh, attempted sort of gimmicky play in Denver where Hawkinson got under center and pitched the ball to Dobbs and, and fumbled because that was sort of a, a Dobbs like play. I didn't love that, but like, that's my question is what was the thought process? Did you think that you could have Josh Dobbs basically take the cousins plan or a large part of it and have success? Cause the bears were so bad because their defense is not that bad. Like that's what that's my question, and that's where O'Connell frustrates me, especially these last two games. I want to know what were you thinking exactly? Because you were doing such a good job previously of sort of milking what you could out of a situation that, to your point, Phil was not great. Yeah, yeah, and I I have a couple answers to that in this pie chart of blame, but just one more thing on just to put a bow on this Dobbs conversation. I think the initial story of this guy coming in and this he's this you know, NASA uh, aerospace engineer. He's one of the most brilliant guys in the NFL. He's coming in here and he doesn't know the plays and he performs like that against the first couple opponents. The initial story was so much fun. And even just the idea of, wow, what if, if he could keep playing this way? Look at this guy. This guy can move. He's super athletic. He's a big dude. He's smart. He, if he can keep processing information like this, this hypothetical of what if he keeps getting better, the more information he gets about this system. That was fun too, right? Yeah. But I think we're seeing that like the more information he's getting, he, he you know what he probably is? He's just a really good change of pace backup quarterback that 
if he's like Case Keenum. Now, Case Keenum was a change of pace for like 13 games, and that was an incredibly perfect situation for him. Right. But if you have Dobbs as your backup and your starting quarterback goes down for a half or for, you know, in the first quarter with a concussion like Jaron Hall did, or if you have to lean on him for like two or three weeks, you could do a lot worse than Josh Dobbs. But we're, we're obviously finding out that when it comes to ball security and accuracy and just standing in the pocket and making the throws like a top 15 NFL quarterback is expected to make, it's, he's, not, he's not there. He's not there. Go ahead, Dex. I'd much rather see, I know this might sound another, maybe this is another hot take because I did consider using this, but I'd rather see Josh Dobbs again or I'd rather see Jaron Hall before I see Nick Mullins take a snap at quarterback. I, no. I, I want nothing to do with seeing Nick Mullins out there at all. Uh, I'd rather you roll back with Josh Dobbs and get back to the game plan that you that worked for him, or you roll with Jaron Hall, the rookie, who was your fifth-round pick, who also looked promising in his first series or two before getting the concussion. I think putting out Nick Mullins would be just a the worst vanilla ice cream possible that you could put down the, put put down our throats. I don't want that but at he, all. But he can run O'Connell's, and I, I, don't, I don't fully disagree, Declan, but he can run O'Connell's system probably as close to what O'Connell wants as possible, and that's why, because they're in a playoff spot. Like, if they were out of a playoff spot and it was hopeless, I think Jaron Hall starts. And I think there's a chance Hall still starts. But, I, but the way that O'Connell called plays last night to me, just was not, I mean, it was, and, and this is where he's at fault as well, was not even congruent at all with what Dobbs' skill set is. And, and I'm not saying Hall would fail for sure, but Mullins knows exactly what KOC wants, and that's why I think there's going to be a temptation to go there. And I won't be surprised if he does start, but I hear you, and I do think that, that it will be somewhat akin to a fart in church with the fan base if Mullins does start yeah. against the Raiders. To, to Dex's point, I agree that I would rather see Jaron Hall because I'm. I, I think we've we know that Nick Mullins is a competent backup quarterback. I don't think there's any illusions that Nick Mullins, if he's just given a chance, is going to be a franchise quarterback going forward. So, to me, there's like a zero percent chance that Mullins is a future franchise quarterback. There's a five to 10% chance that Jaron Hall is a future franchise quarterback, maybe 12, maybe 15%. But I would be curious to see that you know, if you could see four or five games of that at the end of the season. So I think Mullins gives you a better chance to beat the Raiders and the Bengals, but I'm more curious to see Jaron Hall if they do make a change. So from that perspective, I agree with, with Declan. Mm-hmm. So, okay. Pie chart coming up here. Shout out to our friends at sound story. You heard Joe Buck talking about this yesterday. And if you missed that, it was a very fun, insightful interview. He, uh, he brought up the Moss mooning thing and kind of went deep on his not regrets about it, but, uh, just his, if, if he could kind of go back, he probably would have lightened the tone with what he was saying. So go check that out. But sound story could be the perfect holiday gift for you. If you are like me, for instance, and you have grandparents in your life, that have really interesting histories, World War II, athlete, whatever, and you've never heard their voice because maybe they died before you were born. Or if you just want to preserve the story and the history of a loved one, a parent, a grandparent, whatever it may be, Sound Story is like a podcast in which the guest is one of the most important people in your life sitting down with a professional interviewer. Or me, I am one of the interviewers as well. If you want to say I'm professional, I would say I'm probably somewhere below that level, but you can go to mysoundstory.com and enter the promo code PURPLE to get the holiday special of 10% off 
a gift certificate for Sound Story. MySoundStory.com. I will sit down, if you choose me, with someone in your life, and we will talk for an hour and get their story. Capture it for future generations in your family. Sound Story for you, for them, forever. Uh, Finch Home Solutions is forever, too, right? Fix that electrical system. Mm-hmm. Fix that hot tub this time of year, Judley. Absolutely. In fact, you know what? Thank you. Dex? I did. I did the meat. He did it. He did it first, actually. Oh, I didn't hear you do it. I heard. I felt. But anyway, you know what? That, Judd that here sound for means... earwax yeah. removal. Judd here that, for pinch off the loose with my earwax. That, that, no, no, no. That means, that sound means that Cody Finch and his team have pulled up in that van in front of your home because you have an electrical issue that they are going to fix big or small. Finch Home Solutions to the rescue. Fast, courteous, professional. They've been in Sports Dad's home, and you know what? They did everything absolutely outstanding. There was no trying to sell me on stuff I didn't need. Uh Uh-uh. They come, they do the job, and that might be rewiring your entire home. That might be installing an an outlet. As Phil just said, that might be, I mean, it's getting cold outside. Brr, that means you know what it is? Hot tub season. And you're thinking to yourself, a hot tub would look pretty good in my backyard, but you know what you need? A lot of electrical work done. Finch Home Solutions will do that work. They are outstanding. Give them a call. 612-357-2604-612-357-2604. Or go to their redesigned and absolutely fantastic website now, finchhomesolutions.com, and book an appointment online. They will show up at your home lickety-split. It'll be great, finchhomesolutions.com. All right, boys, it is time for a pie chart of blame here. The Rock knows how you feel about pie. For an embarrassing Vikings loss on Monday Night Football last night, we will start with, we're going to go four slices here, boys. Only four slices. Ooh, okay. I, I tried to come up with like six or seven, but I but I sort of made a rule. I know that the Bears marched down for a game-winning field goal at the end, and you could maybe put a defensive thing in here. Just out of principle, if you hold the Bears to no touchdowns, it's a home game, it's Monday night, hey, what's going to happen before the game? Would you take it or leave it? The Bears are going to score 12 points, no touchdowns. Take it or leave it. I think all of us would have said, oh, I'll man. Yeah. 27 to 12 victory over the Bears for the Vikings, right? So just out of principle, there are no defensive players or coaches in this pie chart of blame. You can you guys can fight me on that if you want to, but I'm not doing it. Okay? Good with that. Yep. No, Good. I'm I'm not going to fight. Just 12, 12 points. No, 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 no. That's that's absolutely fine. I the 3rd and 10 comes to to mind that got got completed to to set up the field goal, but I mean, yeah, 12 points. I'm, I'm hard-pressed to be down on Brian Flores. Okay. Just, I just wanted to see if we were all nope. in agreement there. No, nope, no, nope. no, oh, it's fine. Okay, 5%. The Rock knows how you feel about pie. To Ryan Wright. Uh, mm-hmm. I, don't know, I don't know if he's a good punter. So, Ryan Wright, at the end of the game there, the Viking. Now, we, we will get to the things that happened before the Ryan Wright punt, but the game winds up where, okay, Got to pin the Bears back. There's a great chance to pin the Bears back deep and make them go a little bit further. All they need is a field goal to win this game, right? And Ryan Wright kicks a 26-yard punt, setting Chicago up at the 22-yard line. I mean, like, can we just pin a team inside the 12, inside the 10-1? So I was looking, like, I feel like Ryan Wright doesn't pin a lot of teams deep. And so I went and looked into the stats going into last night. Ryan Wright ranked 30th in punts inside the 20. So he just, there's like a force field that's just like invisible glass <laughs> set up him out. on the Barrel. 20 yard line. And apparently he is not able to kick a ball inside the 20 that doesn't land in the end zone. So 5% to Ryan Wright for just 
completely bungling that punt that could have pinned the Bears at the four-yard line. Third-day pick, do you consider the Iowa punter? <laughs> Dude, I consider, I consider him with my first-round pick at this uh, point. Punt. He'll be drafted. I mean, that he kid might, is a stud. He might be a day-two pick by some of these teams. Uh, 5% to Jordan Addison. He had the, the, the interception. I think it was the first interception. No, it was the second one. The first interception was uh, the cornerback falling back. And the second interception was just Jordan Addison, wide open, clean pocket, going over the middle. Ball wasn't even really thrown behind him. It was just kind of put right on the button. Yeah. I think Aikman made a mention that, eh, he might have put a little too much zip on that ball. Yeah. I did go back and watch the uh, the all-22 version of that play Football. this morning. Dude. Well, Your first yeah. pick. You got to catch that ball. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, and, and then the problem was he not only didn't catch it, it deflected off his hands up in the air perfectly for a pick. Yeah. He, he also, again, there's, there's – Pie to go around here, but that deep ball in the fourth quarter, uh, let's, yeah. just a busted cover. He's literally just streaking wide open down the field, 30, 40 yards. And that ball was fading out of bounds. It was not a well-placed football. But again, don't you like, don't most receivers that are top 15, top 20 in the league, which is kind of where we thought Addison he was headed that too. make that Post catch. Game. Addison said that. Yeah. Jordan said, I got to keep my feet in and, and, it was almost like he was expecting he was going to catch it in stride. Yeah. And when it started to, and it was a bad pass, when when it started to drift out, out of bounds, he couldn't adjust. Like he really had to, I, I hate to say it because it sounds, it sounds like a college play. He almost had to just stop and be yeah. aware of his feet and just catch it and then fall. Yeah. So, but that so was a just, really bad, bad miss. Yeah. He just, there's just a couple plays in there that, didn't do it for me for Jordan Addison. So if you're yep. doing math at home, there's four slices. I gave 5% to Ryan Wright, 5% to Jordan Addison. So not, not hard to do the math. Strap I mean, in here. I can do this math. 30% to Josh Dobbs, the pastor not. Three really bad interceptions. We've kind of exhausted the, you know, the deep dive conversation. But he, he just a lot of late panicked throws, throws into heavy traffic with no real accuracy or touch. Almost threw a pick six in the second quarter, too, which would have really capped this thing off. Yeah. He had that intentional grounding penalty with, uh, like, 30 seconds left in the first half. He kind of gets nervous and just, like, like just what? throw the ball in the air. Why do and... you guys do that? I don't know. Just take the sack, dude. I know it sucks, but just take the sack. What good is ever going to come from that? It's either going to be, like, picked off or it's intentional grounding. Seemed like yeah. two fields potentially got away with one at the end of that last drive as well. Aikman said the same thing that like ah, I think Buck tried to like give him because like no, I think there's a receiver around him. And then I think Aikman was like, "Are you sure?" Because they showed the replay and it wasn't even yeah. wasn't even close. <laughs> no, I think they said Komet was like nearby, but he no, really wasn't. He wasn't. No, no. And then you know we talked about whiffing on that deep ball to Addison. You know, you just just put that ball on the money, man. Just yeah, just yeah. laser it in there, and and that's maybe a touchdown. He's just always kind of a tick late or a tick off on his throws. And so with that being the case, it's not a mystery. Like, okay, you're not the most, you're not going to sit back there like Cousins or Drew Brees or Patrick Mahomes and just like throw surgical precise lasers to receivers. So what do you do well? Use your athleticism. Get out on the perimeter. Get out of the pocket. Run around. And I don't, and, and, and we'll get to KOC here, obviously. But if you're Josh Dobbs, know your game. You know, it would be like in an NBA game, right? Okay, I'm a I'm a sniper three point shooter, and I continue to. It's like it reminds me of JJ Barea when he played for the Timberwolves <laughs> like ten years ago. Yeah, he's you know, is. he's five foot nine. 
he can shoot from perimeter, shoot from three, but he would constantly drive into the lane and just get rejected by the underside of the backboard. It's like, dude, that's not your game. Just sit out here and shoot the ball from long range and get other teams. If you're Dobbs, okay, it's not your game to sit there and go through your three progressions. Go through one, get out of the pocket, make something, go run for 20 yards. You know, on that last drive. Yeah. Just but I think the, make something but I happen. Think- the guy that you're going to get to next, I, what I would like to know is, and I'm sure he did, his say in that fact. Because, I mean, Josh Dobbs ain't, ain't a dummy. He was, I mean, how effective was he in creating plays with his feet? And I know the Bears have seen film now, right? But, my God, teams had film of Dobbs with the Cardinals before yeah. this. Like, like, I refuse to believe that the Bears just said, okay, we have the elixir, the magic elixir to stop this guy. And so my my question is, was Josh Dobbs rushing twice on Josh Dobbs, or is the coach trying to say, "Hey, we need you to spread the ball around," blah blah blah? Because that's not again, if you, if that's going to be your plan, you probably should play Mullins just based on the fact that it's not it's not going to be pretty or exciting, but he can probably do that. Yep. And that's where we get to Kevin O'Connell here with the final and largest slice of pie. The Rock knows how you feel about pie. Sixty percent. I poked you last week for giving the biggest chunk to Kevin O'Connell in a game in which the Vikings racked up almost 400 yards of offense, but just kind of turnovered their way out of it. Yesterday, they turnovered their way out of it and only gained 242 yards. So they couldn't move the ball until the very end, and they're turning it over, and the game plan was wonky. And so I uh, I align with Judd compared to his pie chart last week. I'm giving him actually more. I'm giving him 60%. He essentially turned Dobbs into a pocket passer. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it, it was an evolution over four games, but it was like the evolution was complete last night. Josh Dobbs had two rushing attempts in that game. And the game, too, let's go back to the start of the game. The game started with that 50 yard pass to Jordan Addison. And it looked like kind of in real time, oh, yeah, like the ball kind of like got popped out. They showed that second angle with the, like yeah. the zoomed in ESPN cam. Dude, that was a catch. At least enough to like. Wait a second. Let's take a look at this thing. The that score- was like the ball got kind of popped out, but it did not hit the ground from what that replay showed. The scoreboard had one that showed the ball pretty clearly rolling a little bit on the, the ground, like he didn't complete it. But I mean, still a good play call. I love the play call. Yeah, yeah. I, I think the fact it was ruled incomplete, it was going to be a long shot. I'm with Phil that I I'm I am under the belief that's a catch. But the fact it was ruled incomplete, they're going to need so much more. If it was ruled a catch, I think it would have stood. But the fact was ruled incomplete. They need evidence to overturn. Like I, I didn't think it was gonna be gonna be ruled a catch. But what I'm trying to weigh with the whole like making Dobbs the pocket passer thing was like if other teams had figured things out or you're playing like a really good team and you know you can't run against them, so like you gotta be a pocket passer. You're playing the Bears. Like you're playing a defense that has improved, but you're not playing a legendary defense here. So why are you overthinking and overcomplicating your quarterback who's clearly dual threat and has a good system to work with? It's like they threw out the whole playbook and gave him a whole new thing and said, go do this, kid. And it's like, why? Why would you do that? Well, and there were two drives in particular, too, in the third quarter. So if you guys remember, and this is more like play sequencing than anything else. So the opening drive of the third quarter, and Alexander Madison rips off his first 20-yard run since October 10th of 2021. Oh, my God, Eureka. We have a running game, right? It's a 21-yard run, and it takes the Vikings right up to midfield. Here we go. 
We're going to start the second half. Let's let's pound the rock, baby. Let's establish this thing. Yeah. Alexander Madison's feeling good. Let's lean on this team. Let's see what happens. Let's take some pressure off Joshua Dobbs. Let's go through the game log. 21-yard run for Alexander Madison. Vikings at midfield. Four consecutive passes culminating with a failed fourth and seven. Wah, wah. Okay. Let's get the ball back later in the third quarter. Vikings down six to three. They move the ball from the 25-yard line, their own 25, to again, right near midfield with three consecutive runs. Here we go. Little 11-yard chunk, little seven-yard chunk. Let's get this run game going. Here we go. And then the Vikings follow that up. Successful run game with six consecutive passes for 13 yards and an interception to end the drive. Like, why are we abandoning in a situation where the run game is working in the third quarter and your quarterback is struggling to see the field and to not throw interceptions, why are you following up successful runs with no more runs the rest of these drives? That's it's like I don't know what I don't know what KOC was thinking in this game. Well, the Bears are good against the run, but once you had success, why not capitalize? And and again, I don't think you can let the Bears' success against the run dictate Josh Dobbs' night completely. Like I, it's I. If I have to weigh, okay, this team could stop the run, but I've got a quarterback who makes plays with his legs. I don't think I'm going to to say, you know what, I'm going to turn that quarterback into Dan Bleepin Marino tonight because the Bears are good against the run. Yeah. So it it's almost like he overthought the entire game plan against a team that, again, I mean, the most important thing here is if you had scored two touchdowns, two touchdowns, I ain't asking for a lot here, you leave with a win. Yep, and and just like toward the end of the just game, too, they score the one touchdown, and then the, okay, we got a touchdown finally, 10-9, to 9, Bears turn the ball over, and the Vikings get the ball back midfield again, and they go super conservative. They do they now they now they are running the ball, so I I'm fine with that. Like run the ball a couple times, but isn't that a situation once you get to the to the other side of the 50 yard line? There's got to be a dagger in there somewhere. And so Kevin O'Connell was asked about it after the game, and just to paraphrase him, he basically said it's tough because your top priority is to try and get Chicago to use their timeouts. Right. And I don't love that line of thinking. I think the top priority is get two first downs and win the game. Right. When you well, start thinking yeah. about what can we, how can we sort of bend ourselves into a pretzel to make sure they call timeouts, but we're still going to give the ball back to them. If they needed a touchdown to win the game, I think draining them of timeouts was, was more important. But they just needed to get like, you know, 10 yards past the 50-yard well, line, which you can do without a bunch of timeouts. So and think, about, and think about this too. Your defense has been on the field a lot. And, and so that last drive by the Vikings, you want to eat clock. You want to keep the football, too, just to keep the football, just to keep your, your – I mean, the defense was clearly gassed. Yeah. And they played a great game, but you can only ask a team to go out there so many times, especially against a team like the Bears where Fields is far from perfect or great, but he does create problems. And so that's the thing is the one thing the Vikings couldn't afford, among many things, was for – that last drive to be as short as that last drive was. There was a lot of things. And and I, I mean, these are things that hopefully Kevin can and will learn from, but I mean, explain this one. So like Phil, to your point, fourth and seven, you're at your own 49. You go for it. Cause your feeling is, well, the bears probably, if I don't get it, which you didn't can't get down the field, 
But that runs so counter to what you did a week ago in Denver when it was fourth and one, same right. type. And pick you got to go pick a lane, pick a philosophy. Yeah, yeah. yeah for sure. I mean, so you're going to go for it on fourth and seven, and it ain't like the Broncos are this juggernaut. It's not like yeah. well we we were playing we were playing the greatest show on turf Rams, and if we don't stop or if we don't get the first down, we're screwed. That yeah, you need to have some consistency, and I think that's that's for your players as well. Yeah. Like the players have to be saying, hold on a second, we're going for it on fourth and seven. And we didn't go for it on fourth and one. Yeah. And that even felt, God, I'm all for being aggressive. The analytics are shouting, ah, punt it here. It's one and of the fourth- rare times where you like go against, you go against the fourth down analytics at that point in the game, which, yeah. Yeah. It kind of feels like, I don't, I don't know that he has, he just, it almost feels like he's doing the fourth down thing off of feel and not logic or analytics. And that's yeah. a situation where, I know that you want to will your team to a first down there in that situation, but that felt like a little bit of a stretch, that fourth and seven. So it just, yeah, it just felt like he was a little off. The play calling just didn't feel congruent with who Josh Dobbs is. Now he might come back and say, okay, well, Josh Dobbs, as we're finding out after four games, was with five teams in seven years for a reason. And so to Declan's point earlier, well, Mike, Mike McDaniels is, Turning Tua into it. Well, Tua was a top five pick. If you were to give Kevin O'Connell Tua, I think this offense would be clicking a lot more than it has the last couple weeks, in fairness Absolutely. to Kevin. But yeah, um, yeah 60% to Kevin O'Connell for my. The Rock so 60% no O'Connell, 30% Dobbs, 5% Jordan Addison, 5% Ryan Wright. People in the comments are asking about the offensive line. It wasn't great, but. Not not every single entity gets a slice of pie. Okay, these are the four that I feel Unless like me. were featured. In which in the case, pie I got like two yeah. percent of these guys. One percent. You know the other thing that that's not being discussed, but it's an interesting strategy that uh, didn't work in that last drive. So they're basically going to run the ball, right? They want to run the clock. They want to get the Bears to to use their last two timeouts. The first two plays were Madison for no gain. Madison for one yard. Now, I know that Alexander had a very decent night. To your point, he had a 21-yard run. That's great. But the last time I checked, yeah, Ty Chandler's not perfect. But I don't think he has a fumble problem, okay, which would be my concern there. If you can't hold on to the football, I'm not playing you there. But wouldn't Ty Chandler give you a much better chance of a big chunk of yards there? Or is there speed? just – yeah, is there a play? I think one thing that really stands out when you watch, like, the 49ers offense every week, but against Seattle last week. And then wasn't that they beat the crap out of Jacksonville a couple weeks ago too. And you watch the Miami offense. They've got so many, like they're literally, it's three hours of them setting you up with motions and they'll run the same motion set 10 times in a game and eight different things can happen out of it. Right. It's the illusion of complexity as Kevin O'Connell talked about. It's just kind of, and again, maybe maybe we're, you have to go back and maybe Booney can help us break some of this down, but it literally feels like they're lining up with very little creativity. And like the creativity that we see is, it's like over the top creativity. It's like Hawkinson under center, pitch it to Dobbs. Do they not have the personnel to run motions, to run jet sweep actions more regularly? Go, Dude, I'm telling you guys, go watch a 49ers game. Like if red zone's fine, but if you can just go watch a 49ers game, Mm-hmm. Every single play is like motioning this way. They're 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 faking a zone run blocking yeah. thing over here, and then the quarterback's peeling off over here on a bootleg. It's like 
and you're and the, the defense is spending the first two seconds of every play trying to figure out where's it going, who's wow. got the ball, and now all of a sudden Debo Samuel's wide open. Brandon Ayuk is wide He's open. He's a nightmare. De- Debo Debo is is to me one one of the, of the most dangerous players because like he takes everything and makes the question mark. He does, but it's also scheme that's helping. Oh I mean, yeah, that, it's nice that's to have saying. that chess piece. You can I get it. Yeah. Like you can you can scheme more aggressively yep. and creatively when you have that chess piece. And the Vikings, Powell, Brandon Powell is not Debo Samuel, and I understand that. But even with that, it just feels like let's line it up, drop him back. You know, like yeah. dude, they ran. I don't know, and maybe and, and Josh Dobbs, I don't think is a great play action quarterback, but dude, they literally last night they dropped back 30, 35, 36 pass attempts, twenty five were just straight drop back, no play action. Four interceptions on those plays. I don't think he can do that. Like, I don't think you can just drop Josh Dobbs back. And, and, and you're not down by 21 points where you have to just drop back the whole game. Yep. It's a close game. You know, why are we dropping back 25 times? No play action. No nothing. Just here we go. Drop back. Dissect. Re- like, he's, he's not going to go through progressions like that. So, I don't know. Maybe we're overreacting to one game. But it's very No, I think the last two games have been discouraging. I think Air O'Connell probably right now needs to be checked a little bit. <laughs> needs an inspection. Air O'Connell might need to land and go a and bye do week some groundwork. Well, do some groundwork. Yeah, it's a well-timed bye week for for sure. The Rock knows how you feel about pie. Uh, silver linings coming up here. Uh, silver lining for you guys, the audience, is that Three Jack in the North Loop has amazing food and indoor golf. There's your silver lining. Exactly. It's like it was like negative five degrees, I think, when I left my house this morning with that wind chill and golf season's over. OK, I put the sticks away, but uh, it's not actually over because it just because you can't get outside does not mean you can't get some golf swings in here in the metro and the Twin Cities. You can go to three jack. You can book that simulator bay. In fact, they got winter league. So like once a, how about once a week, still getting some swings in. You can do that at three jack. And of course, with holiday season coming up here, uh, you got some friends, you got family, you got even a work event that you want to get everybody together for. Three Jack can accommodate you from a dozen to up to 200 people. So they can host a whole bunch of you. Uh, you go to Three Jack and Three Jack.com. You can go to their events page. You can inquire there. Tell them Purple Daily sent you. As well, anytime you stop in, uh, when you mention Purple Daily, you get a free pint with any menu purchase item like those loaded nachos or that great chicken sandwich. Awesome food at Three Jack. Great environment. Go check out Three Jack in the North Loop in Minneapolis. All right, boys. Give me a silver lining. Declan? Yeah, I'll give you one. Uh, Daniil Hunter is an absolute beast, man. And <laughs> I, I don't mean to like turn it into a, a negative of how the hell they're going to afford him, but Daniil Hunter was, once again, just all over the field. If he gets him down in that last drive, that would have been a third and long. You know, I don't think the, the Bears find DJ Moore for a big play. He was all over fields yesterday, a sack and a half. Um, he's been a game wrecker. Royce even tweeted he was, he's been their best player all season. And I feel like we've, we're sleeping on that. Like, we see the stats. We see the eye test that he's been really, really good. But I don't think we've given him enough flowers throughout the course of this year. That dude is a wrecking ball. Um, and he has been with different coordinators. He was used a little, in a, like, he was used ineffectively under Ed Donatel to a degree. Uh, but he has been a beast this season for the Vikings. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. He's, he's definitely playing his way into, like, a top five, top six contract among edge rushers and we'll we'll find out here in about two or three months if the vikings want to play at that poker table if brian flores does leave i won't be surprised if daniel hunter follows him to his new locale either Mm. that's a pretty good marriage right there gentlemen boy that would be yeah so you'd find out 
Flores would find out if he has a job probably by like the first or second week in February, and then free agency opens up in early March, so they would have time to tampering. To flirt. Exactly, yeah. and he might and he might be inclined to st- stick with Flores because that system has definitely um, n- not that Daniel needs a, a specific system, but that system has fit him really well. Yeah. Okay. Me, the game came to an end. <laughs> the final gun. Lining. That's my silver lining. That, yeah, I, I, I mean, I'm, this is one of the worst games I've ever covered. Like, there was nothing about this game that was really fun. Ordinarily, there's a thing, you know, like games are all flawed. That's fine. That's sports. I expect yeah. that. Um, but you tell me. You guys both watched the entire game as well. What did you see that was like, oh, you know what? Oh, oh, okay. Now, the defense was good, but we sort of knew that. So I'm saying, like, what was a was there any even slight eureka moment from this piece of horse dung? I mean, no. I uh, usually throughout the game for the Boone trenches segment, I will take specific notes on like which plays we can go back and find <laughs> and bring to the show. And so None. most games there'll be like twelve or fifteen plays where I'm track marking like you know thirteen thirty first quarter this happened right. I looked up at halftime. The only thing I had written down in my notes were just Josh Dobbs interceptions. I think there was two, maybe three in the first half. And then the second half, the game ends, and I'm like, Josh Dobbs interceptions, Alexander Madison 21-yard yeah. run, more Josh Dobbs interceptions, and, like, the final drive was a debacle. Yeah. just There was just – plus, the game also ended about 30 minutes earlier than oh, yeah. your average Monday Night Football game. Quick. For those of us trying to watch the CM Punk promo, yeah. it was cutting – I, it was cutting pretty close there. I, I thought we were gonna get the first half. And I was gonna get the I was gonna get that full commercial free hour of Raw, the back end of it, but by how fast uh, things were moving yesterday. I know. I would have had a nit if the Vikings had won, my nitpick would have been I missed I missed Raw. <laughs> that that was gonna yeah. be my nitpick if the Vikings won this game. I think my silver lining is it's the defense. That today we sit here and you wake up in the morning. And before the season, the goal was, at least on this show, was, hey, maybe, maybe go from like 29th or 30th in these defensive categories to middle of the pack. Can you, get, can you get to like 17th in scoring or 15th in yardage and just be a respectable average defense? Let the offense carry this thing. Mm-hmm. Scoring defense this morning, Vikings tied for eighth, eighth best scoring defense in the NFL. Yards per play allowed, Vikings are tied for ninth. So yardage and scoring, Vikings are a top 10 NFL defense. Brian Flores deserves all the praise, man, that he has done. And I mean, he is doing this with just so many different looks and different players. They dressed, did they, did they have four corners active or three last night? Oh um, boy. Bo- because you were, hey, Andrew you're a reporter Boone, in the press man. box. You tell us what was, hold wait, hold on a second here. I've got it right here. I just, um, I don't know if Juwan Williams was active or not. Let me see if he was active. No, I don't think he was. So they had three corners active and it was Blackman. It was Murphy and Booth Jr. And we all thought, well, that's not a lot, you know, like in nickel. Well, when you see the snap counts, Booth basically didn't play. They employed four. That it was basically all safeties or two linebackers, and because of the speed of the game, and I think he was spying fields at times, and he played really well. Ivan Pace played a ton. Yeah, 
But I mean, this guy's making it work with just a defense. I mean, it's great because it's defenses that that literally have become positionless to a large point. Yeah, it's yeah, it, it's it's been a blast to watch, man. It's been you talk about creativity, and you talk about because they don't get to just line up four rushers and you know drop into coverage like other teams would if they have a great defensive front. They have to get creative. They have to disguise looks, and they have to bail back into coverage. So. We will have a bonus episode for you guys. In fact, we have tracked down again for the first time in a month our guy Randy in Cottage Grove. He uh, he's he's back today, so we're going to get you a bonus episode with the most passionate Vikings fan we know. Find out where he's been the last month. Uh, Jeb will guess the PFF grades. Those are out as of like twenty minutes ago. I don't like my odds. <laughs> I do actually. I do like you. Don't. What do you mean I'm you going don't like with your odds. I'm you going that with that game. No, I know. That's the thing is, oh, like, I helps. don't know how you don't give. I mean, to me, offensively, who should be a top three? You'll have I'll to find it. out. In yeah, the exactly. Bonus I don't episode. like my odds of being right because I'm going to guess everyone stunk. So, all right. Well, thanks for hanging out with us. Just another live therapy session here. If you missed Ventline last night, it was very festive. We will be back later today and again tomorrow. The Vikings, we just wanted to win a Super Bowl before we die, and losing at home to the Bears. Not a good look.